Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we can understand it by your Holy Spirit. Otherwise, we just read words. Lord, help us to apply the truth of your word to our hearts and lives and help us to understand more and more each day who empowers us, who we serve, and who loves us. In Jesus' name, amen. So, it's very interesting. So today, we're only, because there's a lot of verses in here, we're only going to talk about particularly the parts that are dealing with Jesus and being the resurrection and the life. The, um, we won't focus as much on the Lazarus part of that, although that's a whole other lesson for another day. So, fascinating things to see when Jesus says this. Now, as you would have gathered in what Daniel was reading, when Jesus had heard that he was actually really sick and they'd sent a message, he stayed two more days. Then everybody was a little bit confused, except Jesus. If he could have helped these blind people, surely he could have turned up to help his friend. You know, there's always an audience with a few critics. And to be able to go, well, he could do this and he can do that. Well, why couldn't he come? And the disciples are going, oh, if he's just sleeping, well, that's all good. He's just resting. No, he's not just sleeping. The purpose of it was was very fascinating. And, and the purpose of Jesus was beyond anything anyone else had. See, Jesus had made seven profound I am statements. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth and the life. And I am the true vine. You see, Jesus identified himself as being the great I am. Now, I was thinking about this in the last week or so. It says, Jesus foretold his own death many times. Now, most of us understand well enough that we're on this earth for a period of time. Exactly how long that might be, we don't know. We may think from time to time about our own mortality. Since we don't have complete knowledge, we generally don't know when we might die. We normally don't know where we might die. We generally don't know how we might die. We generally die of ourselves. There are times when someone else gives their life for another person, which we read about in, particularly in the book of Romans, and how Jesus did that. We're normally never going to die as a substitute for someone else. We most definitely don't expect to die at the hands of others, if at all possible. And we most also most definitely do not bring life to others by dying. So Jesus telling his disciples so many times that I am going to go up to Jerusalem, I'm going to suffer and die, I'm going to be given over to the hands of people who will do this, this, this and this. There's a whole lot of things that Jesus foretells. Not a very easy conversation at the best of times, I wouldn't have thought especially when it's talking about something awful that's going to happen to yourself. 
You know, someone once said, everyone wants to go to heaven. They just don't want to die to get there. I think we all agree on that. To be a resurrection, there first has to be a death, right? In John chapter 3, verse 17, Jesus said, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 40, Jesus said, For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Matthew chapter 17, verses 22 to 23 says, Now while they were staying in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And the third day he will be raised up. And they were exceedingly sorrowful. And the last verse for now in here, is it talks in John chapter 10, verse 18, it says, No one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. This command I have received from my Father. You see, Jesus not only knew when he would die, he knew where he would die. Jesus did not only know he would die, but he knew in great detail how he would die. So, Knowing is one thing, and we can go, well, a great expression that gets used a lot, sometimes more by men than women, when they see someone, what do you know? And you go, probably not as much as you. Or lots and lots, so much you can't even begin to understand. Whatever you want to have a go at, it's a bit of embellishment that goes with that. What we know and what God knows are completely different things. For us to know in our own lives that we are mortal and one day we, assuming the Lord hasn't come back beforehand, we all have to go through that unfortunate and unpleasant process. You see, when we considered last year Jesus saying, I am the bread of life, in John chapter 6, verses 39 to 40, Jesus spoke more than once about the resurrection and his part in it. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. There's a concept that seems to be very clearly set out, doesn't it? There is a last day, and Jesus is going to be raising people up at that last day. So the concept that that would happen is very clearly set out, and Jesus is very clearly saying he has a very large part in that. I just want to read you a quote from an article on as Bridges for Peace which are a Jewish Christian ministry, which I would recommend. They have some fabulous resources. In one of their teaching articles, it says, Biblically, while resurrection was not a fully developed theme in early Judaism, there are nevertheless passages that certainly attest to it. 
A few references. In the oldest book of the Bible, we hear Job saying, I know that my Redeemer lives, and in the end he will stand upon the earth, and after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes, I and not another. And in Isaiah tells us, But your dead will live, their bodies will rise. You who dwell in the dust, wake up and shout for joy. Your dew is like the dew of the morning, the earth will give birth to her dead. That's Isaiah chapter 26. Daniel, not to be confused with Daniel here, a very late book in the Old Testament displays how resurrection was a growing theme in Judaism as well. As the further revelation of God was revealed through his prophets, hear what Daniel says. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. That's from Daniel chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. You see, Jesus has regularly spoken of the future. To the Jewish people, the resurrection, was a concept of that, was known. Mary and Martha understood this, and indeed it was clearly taught by the Pharisees. The Pharisees stressed a literal resurrection of the physical body, which would be reunited with the spirit of an individual. Their opponents in the Jewish leadership, the Sadducees, did not believe in the resurrection. And as I was taught when I was young, that is why they were sad, you see. No new things in the tricks, but that's why, to understand that they didn't believe in the resurrection, and that's a great way of being able to tell something different about them. You see, when Jesus said in John chapter 10, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down myself, He also said, I have power to lay it down. Now, we don't have power to lay our own life down, and we sure don't have power to take it up. But Jesus could say that, and this command I have received from my Father. Jesus could say that, and part of what I want us to think about today is the amount of things that Jesus said, and the truth of what he said. Remember that when Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth. He wasn't just saying, I speak the truth. That's a different thing to saying, well, put your hand up and say, yes, I'm going to speak the truth. Jesus didn't just say, I will speak the truth. I am the truth, as well as I am the life. You see, while this concept was known that people would believe that there was a future resurrection... There's only one person who knew that there was a resurrection happening today. Jesus was the only one who knew that there was going to be a resurrection on today. Imagine if that was nowadays. How many tickets could you sell to that? It would be live streamed, it would be news crews, it would be everything. There'd be a massive audience to work out something amazing like that happening. Jesus was the only one who knew it and boy was it a surprise for the people. You see, Jesus didn't only make the claim when he was speaking to them about being the resurrection and the life. He didn't only make that claim. In verse 25, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. 
He who believes in me, though he may die, yet he shall live. He didn't only make the claim, he proved the claim. This was the final public miracle that Jesus performed. Now, there were other miracles afterwards where a few people saw, and one of which you might remember is when the high priest's servant had his ear lopped off and got it put back on by Jesus. Nothing that wasn't miraculous about that. That wasn't quite so public. But this was the last final public miracle that Jesus had performed. You see, the Bible makes it clear that there's a resurrection coming. Either we get a resurrection body for hell, or we get a resurrection body for heaven. Not a really nice way of putting it, but it's not any less true. You see, death is not the end for anyone, and the Bible clearly teaches that death is not the end for anyone. So either we get a resurrection body for hell or a resurrection body for heaven. In John chapter 1, verses 1 to 4, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. See, we're getting some very strong parts in here to back up who Jesus says who he is. Then it says in that last part of that reading, it says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. When Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, not only does he prove here with Lazarus that he can give life or restore life, He makes it clear that from John's gospel, in those verses we just read, that he's not just giving life, he's self-existent and the author of life. So when he says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, he's not just saying, I am doing this. It's not just saying, I am doing something. It is, I am this. That's a whole different world. You see, God is self-existent and is the author of life. Mary and Martha, understandably, and let's be honest, put ourselves in their shoes, we're all saying exactly the same thing, right? Lord, if only you would have been here, he'd have been made well. We know you can, we know you love him, we know you love us, and we know you would do that. It was a day's journey to take the message to Jerusalem and a day's journey back. Raising the dead after four days? Well, as noted previously, Jesus had waited on purpose. In the reading we had that he said that there was a special mention made as to why he said he was going to do that. He told the disciples very clearly to say, it's just very clearly to them about that there would be a special thing and it would be for God's glory to be known as to why this would occur. I'm quite sure the disciples 
when they understood that he was dead, probably thought they were going for a funeral. They weren't thinking there was going to be something else happening. That's what we would be thinking. That's what everybody would be thinking because that's how it is. There have been other accounts of Jesus bringing people back to life. Think of Jairus' daughter as an example in Mark chapter 5. The widow's son in Luke chapter 7. But some may have claimed these people had only been in a coma or only been really sick and no one knew if they actually physically died. Yes, that the case, particularly in Jairus' daughter, they were telling him, of course she has, so it was understood. But this is a whole different world. Jesus said, take away the stone, and Martha immediately speaks, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he's been dead for four days. There's no doubt that Lazarus is dead and has been dead for four days. There's a crowd of people who saw this miracle, which was told all over Jerusalem, including to the Jewish leaders who were wanting to kill Jesus. So this miracle that occurred didn't just happen quietly away from everybody's gaze. It wasn't as some other parts in the Bible say where somebody would, like where Jesus would send people away and then he would cause the child to rise or even through the book of Acts various times that something like that might happen. This was actually being told to all those around and it was a great occurrence that happened Now remember, Lazarus still died again later on. He didn't keep to keep living forever. He's a most unusual occurrence in the Bible because what we normally see in the Bible is that we die and then we are raised for either judgment or a whole lot better than judgment. But Lazarus gets raised and dies again. Most people die once, some will die twice, but Lazarus dies twice in a good way. Everyone else's second death is a bad way. So remember, in, in the land of Israel, and it may well be the case in some others as well, a funeral generally lasted for seven days. There were often professional mourners that they had as well. And then there was mourning for another 30 days after the initial seven days. So when Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, he was claiming to be both the source of both of those things. You see, there is no resurrection apart from Christ and there is no eternal life apart from Christ. Beyond that, Jesus was also, yet again, making a statement concerning his divine nature. He does more than give life. He is life. And therefore, death has no ultimate power over him. Remember how we sometimes think and we say, God does not just love, God is love. Jesus does not just give life, he is life. Jesus does not just speak the truth, he is the truth. 
There's a whole lot of little interesting studies in all of that. Um, It's fascinating and extremely rewarding, and I would recommend it to you. The difference between saying something and doing something, everybody's a genius until you've got to see whether it works or not, aren't they? Just push restart on your computer. Just do whatever else. There's all kinds of things you can do. Say, oh, do this and that'll fix it. And you go, well, I've tried that and it didn't work. So now what? The whole point of this is, is when Jesus says something, it is actually fact and guaranteed. Not just guaranteed by saying two years extended warranty, and if you want to get extra warranty, pay some more to buy additional warranty, because we know it's going to fall to pieces after two years, because the actuaries did the calculation to say that. It's knowing that Jesus is making a guarantee that he can keep. You see, Jesus' statement that he is the resurrection and the life provides a godly perspective on several spiritual matters. Martha believed the resurrection is an event. Jesus showed her and us that the resurrection is not just an event, but the Son of Man. It's a person. It's not just an event. Jesus proved that knowledge of eternal life is a personal relationship and not just a general thought. Martha thought victory over death was a future expectation. Jesus shows her that victory is a present reality. Only by placing our trust in him for the forgiveness of our sin can we go to heaven. And because Jesus rose from the dead, he demonstrated the reality of his words and he showed that his words are true. See, we can live our lives now as children of God Every day in the power of his resurrection. The life that he gives to us is the life with which we live the Christian life. That's why we don't do it on our own. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to us by the Holy Spirit every day. You see, because Jesus rose from the grave, he became the believer's future guarantee that one day, if we should die before he comes back to earth we too shall come back from the grave. After presenting himself as the resurrection and the life, Jesus asked Martha an all-important question. Do you believe this? And the answer is truly wonderful. Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who has come into the world. That's one of the most wonderful statements that you can have. It's like when Jesus asked Peter, but who do you say I am? Not who does everyone else say I am, but who do you say I am? Because somewhere along the line, it matters who we each individually think God is. You see, people understood that Jesus making a claim other than saying like, you know, I'm the best carpenter in Nazareth, or I was the smartest person in the temple when I was 12. Both might be true. But when Jesus said, I am, they all understood very clearly that he wasn't just saying, talking about himself generally. He was making it clear that he wasn't just another person, but he spoke with authority. They understood that. They didn't like it, but they understood it. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 6, after the resurrection, 
the angel said to those who came, he said, he is not here for he is risen as he said. Remember, we trust God and what God says. In conclusion, Jesus' death and resurrection is a historical fact. More than 500 people saw him at one time. Jesus came to earth to die. It wasn't just the end of a very well-lived life. It was literally his entire purpose in life to die. The resurrection is the most important doctrine of the Bible because if Jesus didn't do what he said he would do, which was come back from the grave after three days, what could we believe of what he said if he didn't do that? But Jesus did do what he promised he would do. You see, our hope is in the living, risen Jesus who reconciles us with God and gives us eternal life because he is the life. And one last quote from Clarence Wagner from um, Bridges for Peace. He puts it very well. He says, God's miracle power, which had shown itself in the past, confirms that it is working in the present for the future of his kingdom. There is resurrection hope for the future for all who have faith and believe because Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you and acknowledge you to be all that you say you are. And Lord Jesus, we acknowledge that you are the resurrection and the life. And you are the way, the truth and the life. Thank you that we can lay hold of this. Thank you that we can participate and enjoy this. Thank you that we can have hope through Jesus because of this. Lord, we acknowledge that we need your resurrection power to live our life throughout this upcoming week and for all our days. We acknowledge that we need your help because we are human and frail and prone to fail as well. So, Lord, we acknowledge you and we thank you that you provide all that we need to be the people you want us to be. Help us to walk in your strength and power and to live for you each day, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.